is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C, inside the beautiful BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for our weekly hour-long look inside the Cougar Basketball Program. We're happy to have you with us live or on demand on BYU TV and BYU Radio's apps, social media hashtag, as always, hashtag Pope Show. Coming up on tonight's broadcast, we'll look back on Saturday night's grinder with the Gales of St. Mary's. Coach Cody Feger joins Spencer Linton Inside the film room, Deep Blue will profile transfer big man Noah Waterman. Freshman point guard Dallin Hall is our live in-studio guest. We'll also have some social media Q&A, a test of wits, Cougar Hoops trivia, and to end the show, perhaps the return of what happened. All right, we're down to our final five shows of the season already and our final show in the month of January. Let's start the show by bringing in the head coach of the Cougars. He is Mark Pope. I'm good. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. You too. Welcome back. Thank you. How are we, guys? Oh, boy, quiet. No, and, and the chair survives the first foot drop. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've had such bad luck. I've had such bad luck. He's been breaking last... chairs every week on yes. the show, and uh, so far, Maybe so that bodes well for our <laughs> for win-loss record this week. Let's hope that's the case. Good group here. I'm really happy the, yeah. the, the, the stands are full. And Thanks we're, for coming, we're, guys. Yeah, we're happy to have you back with us, too, Coach Pope. So, uh, yeah, let's give ourselves yeah. a hand for being here. Yeah. It's now what we come to expect every week. It's uh, what's on Mark's mind. Yeah, so, um, so I'm glad you're here because I have a confession of the um, kind of uh, maybe bordering on criminal offense uh, <laughs> confessions. Won't be that bad. No, no, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so these cups. You're coveting them? <laughs> it's BYU basketball with Mark Pope. These cups, they're beautiful, mm, aren't they? They're fantastic. So the statute of limitations, as I've read in the legal annals, is one month for pilfering from the show. Oh. So it brings me incredible joy to tell this story. <laughs> okay. So I think it was four, five, six weeks ago, my high school coach, who I dearly love so much, uh, Rich Belcher, was here, um, and he came to a game, he came to the show, it had been his first time uh, here at BYU and first time to a game, and he's like my mentor of all mentors, he's like a, I love him so much, and he's, he was here with his wife, Jill, right and his two boys yeah. sitting yeah. right here, yeah. and literally during the show, it was during the show, and I look down and coach is mouthing the words to me, I want that cup, <laughs> like literally on the show. And so, so first thing after the show's over, coach uh, and Jill um, kind of come up and like, hey, I gotta get that cup. And they were just sitting over there. I'm like, well, hey, I don't have anything to do with the cups. If you take one, I'm not sure anybody's gonna report you immediately. I thought we only had two, so. Uh... So then I get a text <laughs> a couple days later and he's like, I love waking up every morning oh, and no. using my <laughs> so I don't think it was coach I actually think it was Jill I'm throwing you under the bus Jill I think Jill went and sideswiped the 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 show mug and I didn't even know we had more mugs to go around no, so this is good news kudos to Hema because I was sure we were going to walk on the next show and it was going to be like you would have a mug, mug and I went yeah. but there you go so coach take that <laughs> 
And a good showrunner, a, go, a good producer has his ways of yes. getting things done. Yes. And that's Emma for you. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this season and how a lot of your games, if not most of your games, are just these, like, gr- so many close games. You've played so many games on the edge this year. It's been remarkable that way. Yeah. It's been a wild year that Drama. way. Drama. We're all about you the said drama. you specialize in the drama from We're the get-go the this drama. year. That yeah. was part of the contract when we came here. Like, what? I don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> but there's got to be a lot of drama. <laughs> it's what athletics is, but it's a, it's um it's it's a manifestation of a couple things. It's a manifestation of us being super young. It's a manifestation of us. Our guys have been super committed to the defensive end of the uh, end of the floor. We're Keeping top, things close. Top yeah. thirty uh, team in the country on the defensive end, and so um, you put those together with an unbelievable home fan base, um, one of the best in the country, and it it, it lends itself to to back to back brutally uh, gut wrenchingly disappointing, but super super fun. Uh, one point last last second losses. You've used the phrase uh, "growing process" a lot uh, about this team yep. and with this team, right? Yep. Because ideally, the hope is that through all of it, one way or another, you you've found a way to grow. Yeah, and 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 um, this is a group that's going to grow this season and going to grow for the next couple of years, and that that's actually incredibly exciting. Um, you know, you think about um, this past game against St. Mary's. We're starting two freshmen and a sophomore, and um, and we got young guys all around and and new guys all around. And and what's fun, and we don't get to see this in college basketball very much anymore. This used to be the way it was: is that you had a team and you grew them over the course of a few years, and and we all got to watch them grow together into something that we never knew they could become. Um, and, and you don't get to do that very, very many places in college basketball. We get to do it here, and it is going to be an awesome ride. I'm glad you guys are here because it's going to be, you know, I'm telling you, the next few years are going to be really, really special as well as the, the culmination of this season and, and uh, because these guys are so committed to getting better and growing. It's fun. I'm glad you brought that up, and it's kind of a big-picture thing, but we saw on Saturday uh, the other team started a freshman point guard. You started a freshman point guard, and nationally, freshmen – aren't as prominent as they used to be because yep. it's so much going and finding transfer yep. guys and they're older guys and so yep. the young guys don't play as much. I think nationally yep. we're seeing fewer young guys get the kind of opportunities we saw just even Saturday. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And, yep. um, and it, it's, it's, it's because it's dangerous to play young. It's costly. Um, and so, but it's also fun. And especially like here, like BYU is different than everywhere else. I mean, um, it, it's different in terms of how great our fan base is and how, how devoted uh, you guys are, which we're super grateful for. It's different in terms of the, of the, of the, um, the. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get myself in trouble. But the quality of 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 of, of young men that that are willing to make the commitments necessary to come here to BYU, and um, and it's different in terms of of the opportunity we have to grow, guys. And and so it's it's like I couldn't be more excited about what's going on right now. Like you, we get to watch these guys grow right before our eyes, and it's pretty it's pretty exhilarating. The end result was tough, but it was an exciting night, Saturday night at the Marriott Center. Randy Bennett's St. Mary's team took a number 22 national ranking into that game in Provo. And it had been more than five years, calendar years, since the Gales had last won a game in Provo. Let's get into some highlights and stats brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare from this past Saturday night. And uh, the first half had a real unique characteristic to it. It was kind of uh, back and forth in the first little phase, a big run for St. Mary's, a great run answered by BYU. We'll end up tied at halftime once we get there. But uh, we saw early 
that uh, Dallin Hall, who we're going to see in a moment, uh, was on the verge of a special night. We'll see a lot of Dallin Hall in these highlights. Yeah, in the very first clip was Foose on the offensive glass. Um, you know, you have all these little micro goals through the course of a game, and, and St. Mary's coming here as the number one defensive rebounding team in the country, and they left here as the number three defensive rebounding team in the country, and that was one of our goals the guys successfully accomplished. Yeah, 12 offensive rebounds, the second most they've allowed in any game this season. Really proud of that. And Dallin Hall, you know, we were stuck a little bit in the first half having a tough time scoring. And I mean, we're just like, you know, Dallin's going to be on the show, so I can't say too many nice things about him or <laughs> get a big head. But um, but he, his, his growth in trying to understand this game of basketball in space and how to manipulate it and use it, um, you saw it like growing before your eyes during this game. And it was, it was super exciting. He had a terrific show. How tough is it to be a freshman point guard when you're playing St. Mary's? when you're playing against that particular team to see everything that's well, going on. Well, they're the number six defensive team in the country. The one thing that St. Mary's does for you is they show you the same thing every single time. Mm. They're a little bit out of the Virginia type of mold, a very different defensive scheme, but they sh they don't change a lot what they do. They just do what they do really well. And so that kind of, you know, um, Dallin's IQ, it fed right in Dallin's IQ because he, he, he knew what to expect and he could connect, kind of manipulate it. And so it was actually really positive for him. Great sequence with a Dallin Hall block, yeah. it starts. Trying to put some full court pressure on and, and they really burned us and then, yeah. and then our guys came up with a huge play at the rim. Logan Johnson, we're gonna see in a moment. Uh, well, this is a great, first of all, great uh, job by Foose yep. to get it out to Spencer Johnson yep. for the big three. BYU is up uh, two at that point. This shot from Logan Johnson, I don't know. Yep. It's, it, it, listen, he's a super senior, and he's he's been playing for a long time, and he came with huge plays. And right before that, you know, Spencer Johnson, a senior, you know, banging two back-to-back -back threes. And uh, Dallin makes a huge free throw to put us up one, and we end up switching this. And, and this is unbelievable defense by Foose Traore. Yep. And it just is a better, tougher shot. It's a one-foot fadeaway, 18-footer. You know, he lands at the three-point line. and and. You know, he didn't have his best game, uh, uh, but but he sure did finish it well. It was a huge shot. Yeah, he was scoreless in the first half. He got the 10 in the second half with those last two points being points 9 and 10. That's a one-point win for St. Mary's again. They, they had lost four in a row at BYU, so it had been a while since they'd gotten a win at the Marriott Center, and the Gales win it by one. And, and Coach, for you and your guys, that's that's three one-point yep. losses on yep. the year. Man alive, it, yeah. you know, 14 and 10, 17 and 7, yep. you're just that close. Yeah, and it's it, listen, it's just... Um, I, I couldn't be more proud of our guys' effort and their growth. And, and, and this process, it is like learning how to win is a process. And it's just a process we're going through right now. It's super exciting and it's going to pay huge dividends. And if, if our, as long as our guys will stay fully engaged with a fresh heart every single day, which they did today in practice, we're going to keep getting better and we'll get over the hump. And, you know, this, how good is this St. Mary's series? Like, it's, it's really been fun for us. And, um, you know, it's a great program. Randy Bennett is one of the great coaches in the country. And what he's done there is incredible. And you think about our first year here, uh, T.J. Hawes hits a last-second three to, to, to win us a game. And, and, you know, to finish our kind of 10-year run with, with St. Mary's, uh, you know, their point guard hits a – Fadeaway 17-footer, last second to win the game, and that's how these games have all been. And um, so, uh, super great for those guys because that was, um, while it was, it was, it was just, it was, it was heartbreaking. Uh, I love great basketball, and it was great basketball. It was great basketball. It was two teams that are really trying, uh, going at it, and it was fun. Randy said post-game he'd like to see BYU and St. Mary's continue 
in future years with home and homes if they could get them done. Would you be in for that? I'm sure he would like to see that. <laughs> would, you be, you'd be, would you go for that? I love the series. Yeah. I really love the series. They've, it's been a, it's, it's, you know, it's probably been our favorite in-league series. Um, it's been so incredibly competitive. Um, I think two years ago was the first time we had won at St. Mary's in eight years, right? And, and, uh, and then, you know, this year is the first time they've won here in five years, and it's just been like that. It's just been, and, it, and their style of play is, I think it's really special what he's done there, so I love the game. And even though you're leaving the WCC, St. Mary's, Gonzaga seem like two maybe natural opportunities to yeah, continue things for in the sure. future, right? Potentially, yeah. Okay. All right, time now to get some X's and O's from the guys who know as we go inside the film room for the Cougs' last game. Tonight we hear from Coach Cody Feger as he visits with our Spencer Linton. Nobody breaks down film better than Cody Feger. <laughs> you are the guru here and uh, kind enough to sit with us to break down just another classic in the rivalry series between St. Mary's and BYU. We're going to start with just under four minutes to play, Cody. BYU offs for some full court pressure here. You give the Gales a little bit of trouble and they seem to break the press, but then Foose comes to the defense. Walk us through what you're seeing right here. Yeah, so right here on this possession, Gideon just made a free throw, and what we wanted to do is get into our diamond press just to try to speed them up a little bit, um, get them to do something that they don't normally do, and that's when Foos makes an unbelievable play. They do break it, but we get them to do something that they don't want to do. Um, Foos makes a great big-time play. Now we call a little horns twist, get a little ball screen, Get Dallin Hall going right. Foose sets a great screen. And, and Logan Johnson sucks in too much, and Spencer bangs a big time three for us on the wing. On to play number two. So BYU, you mentioned Spencer Johnson hitting a three. We'll hear more from and see more from Spencer in just a moment here. But Logan Johnson uh, seems to make some really, really tough shots. What do you do to keep you guys engaged and not get frustrated in, in circumstances like this? Yeah, like sometimes he'll just throw his body in India and just, but this one right here, we want to play him more as a driver. Can he make threes? Yes, but he's more of a driver. Wish we did a better job of keeping him in front on that play right there. There's a loose ball coming up here too. Yep. And Spencer Johnson, who's just hit a big three, and I mentioned to this to you off camera a few moments ago, he's calling for the ball. Like he's a senior, he wants it in a big moment. Yeah, we run another high ball screen. Dallas doesn't like the first one, gets the second one. Kind of throws a tough pass, but Foos wins the catch, and Spencer's screaming for that ball. Does a great job. He wanted that moment. There's a big-time shot by him, and Foos, great, great easy pass. All right, let's fast forward now. And even two minutes to play in this game. BYU up two, and again, Logan Johnson. The first floater, not as hotly contested. This one, I think, is pretty good defense. You tell me what you saw from your guys when Johnson throws up a really tough shot that, again, goes in. Yeah, so right here, Spencer does a good job, kind of switching at this time, and Foos just stays down, keeps in front, and he just throws up a tough shot. That's a tough, tough finish. Um, like a six-foot-two guard going against a, you know, our six-seven big, and. You know, it's just a tough shot. We were hoping that he missed it and did get that rebound. When it goes in, both teams then proceed to swap turnovers. So we're now we're 23 seconds to play. BYU basketball still tied at 55. Dallin Hall is going to go to his right hand here. Yeah. So we get Dallin set up. 25. High ball screen. That's the clock come down. Really good. 
So Dallin does a good job just drawing a foul, right? Gets into his defender's body, um, tries to go finish it where he, you know, made, what, five or six of those all game long going right. It was a big time play and uh, goes to the free throw line. A good sell on Dallin's part, makes the second of the two free throws to give BYU a one point lead. So we're at 10 seconds to play. Walk us through what you're seeing in the final possession here. And again, another switch defensively. Yeah, so what we're doing is we're hoping not to give up a catch and shoot shot or just an easy drive. So we're switching one through five at the time. Foose really does an unbelievable job. He does a step fadeaway, you know, Dirk Nowitzki, tough, hard shot for a freshman to take. And, you know, if it was a little to the left, a little to the right, a little long, a little short, but he, he makes a heck of a play. And I thought our guy gave a great effort on that last defensive possession. A game of inches, literally. And we're having an entirely different conversation about BYU just having knocked off St. Mary's and being the team to, to finally beat the Gales in West Coast Conference playing on their lengthy win streak. But it's the second tough home loss to an elite level West Coast Conference team. And that brings me to my next question with LMU coming in. You got the third place Lions coming in now on Thursday, another tough contest. Where do you begin to address things with your guys so that they're, that they're right mentally? I mean, the biggest thing is that they're focused and knowing that we can beat any team. In the like, we are right there with everybody. Like you said, St. Mary's, really they're a top, you know, in Ken Palm, they're ranked number seven in the country. That's a really good team, um, really physical, and we were right there with them to the end, them and Gonzaga, and we just got to stay focused on us just getting better. Cody Feger, worth your weight in gold. Coach Pope, give this man a raise already. <laughs> Let's go. Give this, give this man a raise. Cody, appreciate the time as always. Good luck against LMU. Appreciate you. All right. They love, and we love Cody Fever. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, I, listen, yeah. Cody gets a standing round of applause. <laughs> there were some threats going on also, but yes, Maybe. Cody's yeah. really good. <laughs> As we take a break, this reminder that for your day-to-day -day Cougar sports play-by-play, -play, go to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, Deep Blue introduces us to newcomer Noah Waterman and... Dallin Hall will join us in studio as BYU Basketball with Mark Pope continues. Stay with us. Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Welcome we back to BYU Basketball right with Mark Pope. I'm Greg Grubel. He's the coach. Time now to get to know one of the current Cougars a little better. And tonight we learn that Noah Waterman's goals revolve around his family, a unit that has fluctuated throughout his life, but ultimately is at the center of who and what he is. Here now, Noah Waterman in tonight's edition of Deep Blue. We were a large, big, happy family that we chose a lifestyle where my husband worked and I stayed home and took care of the kids and homeschooled the babies. I'm one of nine, I'm the baby boy, got a little sister, and then everybody else is older than me. So growing up, it wasn't always like the most stable atmosphere for us, I guess. My dad left when I was around like eight. After that, didn't have a father figure, so I just looked up to my brothers a lot. For my older brothers and siblings, like those were our role models growing up, and they invested their times into drugs and, you know, living like more of a party lifestyle, which we have family troubles at home, so it's understandable not, you know, 
talking bad about anybody, but those are the people that we looked up to. Things were super tight for us. Our family was extremely poor. And my mom had to figure out how to get things that we needed. We were at a point where we didn't have any toilet paper. And one day the youth group was having a Christmas party where they had rolls and rolls of toilet paper that they're just pulling off for this fun little game and throwing it all over the gym. And me, being the resourceful single mom, was like, ah, pick those up and put them in a bag because we're taking them home, we're going to use them, we're not wasting that toilet paper. So I had to bag it up in, in trash bags and bring it out to the car so we could have toilet paper at the house. If we wanted something, we had to go out and work for it. We were doing paper routes when we were young, you know, probably younger than 12. He must have been eight, nine at the time when we were doing those. Shopping guide routes, working for neighbors, uh, working landscaping jobs. You know, helping out wherever we could to make some cash under the table. Anything they could do to provide for the family, but provide for the things that they wanted. So if they wanted basketball shoes, that meant they had to go find some place to work to get the money to buy basketball shoes. But my mom, she did the best she could, took care of all of us, seen all the things she had to go through. We had to go through a lot, but she had to go through more and just keep a smile on her face, find a way to get us food and clothes and things like that, no matter what. She's the strongest woman I know, so. I think that he knew that he had a mom that was his biggest cheerleader and always had his back no matter what. And, you know, there's this little saying that goes, just because they breathe. And that's how I want to love my kids. Whether Noah does great, amazing things that the world applauds, or whether Noah comes back to Reed Road and hangs out with us, you know, just because he breathes, I'm desperately in love with him and, and will always be his biggest cheerleader. So Ben, he's a couple years older than me. And my whole life, he's the one that got me playing basketball. Growing up, Noah really didn't play basketball. I think he was about in eighth grade when he became interested. Like, I didn't even really know what basketball was because we didn't have TV or anything like that. So he figured that out, and he bought some basketballs, and he'd just be on the road for hours just dribbling. And I'd always look out the window and be like, dang, like, he's having so much fun. I want to do this. We invested our time into basketball instead of like living that party lifestyle, you know, and doing things that maybe weren't healthy choices. And I think that we really bonded together over that and it became more of an addiction. Like there's times that, you know, we'd be driving to Binghamton to go visit my brother and it's only two and a half hours away and we'd have to stop halfway through the trip to go play ball because, you know, had that knack inside you and you just, you had to do it, you know? I would do my school and then around like one-ish, we would just play basketball until like seven, eight. Like that's that's all we did. Come in, eat a little food, go back out until 10 o'clock and then go to sleep and just repeat. We built a court in the backyard that we used to play at. And then in the wintertime when it got too cold, we'd either do ball handling drills in the basement for hours or we'd go into the barn, we'd put a little hoop in there and the roof was low so you had to shoot low. But you know, and we found a place to play regardless, we had to. It wasn't until Noel was a senior when coaches and other people began approaching me saying, hey, I think this kid could go to college and play some ball. Um, that was kind of out of my zone, so I wasn't even looking at that. I played at Niagara for one year, um, then I transferred, went to Detroit for two. So after he did that, I feel like he's just kept on escalating himself and saying, all right, well, I made it here, but I want to make it to a higher level. When I got my offers from Bonnie's, my mom really wanted me to stay there and my family just because my mom has never been to one of my college games before. 
And that's one thing I've always wanted her to, to do is come to see one of my games because she's one of my role models. And she was like, hey, I'll be able to come to the games finally. It's close by, like, I think you should go there. But I couldn't sleep. After I committed, I couldn't sleep for like a week. I decided not to go there. Um, but overall, they really supported me. And they told me, like, you got to do what's best for you and what's best for your career. When he got the offer from BYU, you can definitely tell that he was hyped. You know, he didn't want to show it all the way because, like I said, he still thought he was at that level. But once he actually got it, that's when he could think, all right, I'm at that level. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't a struggle for him to say, this is where I want to go. It was a struggle for him to say, this is a long way from home. So I think Noah counted the cost and realized that if his goal is to do as well as he can at basketball so that he can help his family and others, then he had to make the stop. We are super excited to have Noah Waterman a part of BYU basketball. Every single day, I actually really, really enjoy seeing his six foot 10 frame, actually 6'11", he corrects me every time, with a big smile on his face. You know, he, he can really shoot the ball. He's got a high IQ. He can really pass the ball. Good decision maker. He was kind of a no-brainer from his skill set standpoint and his skill size combination. So he really kind of plugged the perfect hole for us, and, and we're fortunate to have him. Get out of play. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ever. <laughs> Are you surprised? Mm -hmm. You had any idea? It <laughs> is <None>. so crazy <laughs> <laughs> that I am here. As you know, I've had uh, 11 head injuries in four years, which has completely disabled me. I don't go anywhere without a cane and headphones and glasses and all that. But you can see today, I am here to support you and bless you because it means everything to me. This is such a joy for me. I haven't seen one of your games ever in person. Yeah. And wow, I'm so happy. I know, I'm glad you guys are here. You remember growing up, we played on the freaking blacktop in front of the little country road, you know? And now this has been the dream the whole time. You know what I mean? We always talked about making like this and now you made it, bro. You know what I mean? To this level, you can't get complacent with that mindset at the same time either, you know? Like you know you're a dog and you can make it out, you know? And you know you can be successful with this if you want to be. Yeah. You just got to believe that, prove it to yourself and prove it to everyone else, but more importantly, yourself, you know? Yeah. That's the biggest thing, bro. Yeah. Freaking take it in. Like, this <laughs> it's a dream, yeah, you know what I mean? It's surreal, for real. Yeah. Having like 19,000 people at your game. Ah, oh, well, you know, Noe, I personally am super proud of you. You know your family is super proud of you. We got your back. We're your biggest cheerleaders, and you we're your biggest support. Family is everything, just like you always say, with that tattoo on your arm. And that's why we came out here today, to support you and bless you and love you and just show up. You know what? No matter what you do in the world, I'm proud of you no matter what you do. Yeah. But I'm really proud to be sitting here next to you, watching you live out your dream and taking steps to go forward. I'm super proud of that. I love you. Love you too, man. <laughs> so my biggest highlight is definitely committing to play Division One basketball. And the reason why is because I'm a step closer to becoming a professional athlete and taking care of my family because that's the main goal.
Well, quite the journey for yeah. Noah and his family. Yeah. 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 You knew his story. Yes. Uh, I know it's from a tiny little town in upstate New York. I think there's 750 people, really two big families. And um, I thought, you know, I hadn't seen the deep blue, but how great is that? I mean, can every mom in the world relate to that? This idea because he lives. I think that's why I love him. That's just sweet and powerful. And you can feel that from Noah too. He's, he's got um, huge challenges that he's overcome and working to overcome. And he's got big dreams. And it's, it's, we're really lucky to have him here. And uh, he's going to continue to grow too. Awesome. All right. Our special guest tonight is making his first appearance on The Pope Show in his first season as a BYU Cougar. And his rookie campaign has already been a wild ride with multiple game winners and a starting role in the backcourt. Please welcome into Studio C for the first time, Dallin Hall. Love you, Love you guys. What's up, everyone? <laughs> it's good to see you. How are you? Have a seat. It's a fast guys? mover. <laughs> Just taking it all in. Welcome in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. Uh, you didn't grow up as a BYU fan, did you? Uh, not truth a diehard one, yeah. yeah. Truth be told. So when did it come around for you? Um... You know, a certain man moved from UVU to BYU, <laughs> and uh, that's when it all started happening. When that certain man was at UVU, he got in touch with you, right? Yep, he did. That was my first uh, Division One offer. Coach Pope and his staff found me early, and so... But I think it's been, I've been recruiting Dallin for nine years. Is that right? Nine, something? It gets nine. larger each time he says it. <laughs> 17 years! <laughs> But I always tend to ask you, Coach Pope, when it is that you first interacted with or saw a guy play or talk with, and how, when, when did the Dallin Hall journey start with you? Um, boy, I don't know. Were you playing as a sophomore, maybe? Yeah. Sophomore. Well, actually, in camp before that. So the first time I saw Dallin was probably at elite camp, maybe. And um, he just has got, he's got some special gifts in basketball that were so easy to see, that were so, like his gifts are so translatable up to the next level and the next level and the next level. And his vision, his intelligence and his heart and his, his grid and all those things that make great players. So we've been, we've, you know, we've been recruiting for a long time and finally get to coach. Was, was the Gonzaga game back in 2020 when BYU beats Gonzaga here, was that, that wasn't your first BYU game ever, was it? No, no, not my first ever, um, but definitely my most memorable for sure. Was it like an official visit weekend for you? Or was like an, or, uh, I know Gideon was here that weekend too, wasn't he? Yeah, Gideon and Richie yeah. were here. Either way, um, it was a good chance to see what this thing place was all about, right? Yeah, definitely. Did it, uh, how, did it leave an impact on you? Yeah, it did for sure. You know, I um, was considering some different schools and just seeing that environment, knowing that that's something I could play in front of, have behind me. Um, that's something you dream of as a young kid, right? And so that definitely left an impact on me personally. And there are a few shots from that game on that night, a game that you saw in person. And then a few years later, fast forward, you're playing in these games against Gonzaga and against St. Mary's, and you get that same feel and buzz in the house again. It was like, it was, like uh, it was the same deal. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like deja vu. <laughs> the games that you lost against Gonzaga and St. Mary's are heartbreaking in a way, but do they kind of show you and the team just how close you are to being what you guys want to be this year? Yes, for sure. You know, there's some valuable lessons from them. Um, it definitely shows us that we can play with anyone in the country. We have a few things that we need to fix in order to close those games out, obviously. But 
Um, we just got to take what we can from it and move forward, and I feel like we're doing that right now. Coach Pope, did you get a sense early in the St. Mary's game this could be a special? Because it was a career night for Dallin in yeah. terms of his numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. Dallin's such a physical and cerebral player, and that's kind of exactly the antidote for uh, St. Mary's defense. It really is. He's really cerebral, and he's really physical, and he's really skilled. And, and um, he probably was able to uh, get downhill better than any player we've had here in the last four years against, against St. Mary's. And he just, he just made great decision after great decision. How did you feel in the moment in this game, Dallin, in terms of your ability to kind of control things and have things where you wanted them? Um, I felt really confident out there. I feel like as each game has come along, I've gained more confidence in my game, kind of coming back from the mission. That's been a process. But, you know, we had a great plan coming into the game from the coaching staff. I'm surrounded by guys who really know what they're doing and they trust in me and I trust in them. And so it led to a good antidote, you know, um, for me to go out there and play my game in the right way. You mentioned the mission. You served in Fresno. Yep. And we were in Stockton a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Close enough to Fresno that you had kind of your own fan club uh, at the Pacific game. Yeah. Did you know they'd all be there? I didn't. I mean, I got a few texts here and there, and then, like, suddenly the whole stake was there. So <laughs> it was like crazy. Suddenly he was, like, the most popular guy in the gym. Yeah, but can I be honest? Dallin really has his own fan club everywhere he goes. <laughs> he goes to the cafeteria on campus. He's got a whole fan club walking around chasing him. That's true. They, it's my traveling squad right over there. <laughs> that was a special night, though, for you. You yes. got to hang out on the floor quite a while after, and a lot of people uh, sharing the love. That was awesome. Yeah, no, impromptu happy birthday echoing through the gym, yeah. which was it was actually really sweet. Yeah, you've had uh, you've had two game-winning shots in your freshman year, uh, the Missouri State game and, and the Creighton games. Um, you know, do you still think of those as special moments, or is it just you playing basketball and you don't think too much about it, or do you kind of embrace the moment and say, yeah, that was really pretty cool to be in my first year and have that? Um, yeah, to be honest, I haven't thought a lot about them since then, <laughs> you know, because you got to move forward with each game. But yeah, it was special in the moment for sure. Um, something I'm sure I'll look back on, but um, just got to keep moving forward. We know there's hopefully more big moments to come, Coach Pope, but right from the get-go, we kind of see, um, you, you've said that Dallin has, I think maybe you said like kind of a God-given leadership gift or ability, and it shows up in those moments. Yeah, he's, he's got, I mean, Dallin's got some, some really special confidence about him. Like he really believes, like he believes in the guys on his team. He believes uh, in, this, in this program and he believes in himself that he can go make plays. And that's, that's really hard to come by as a freshman. That's really hard to come by. And then he's got a, you know, he's got a generosity about him and a grace that he offers to his teammates where he just is, he, he just, you know, guys want to listen to him. They want to be around him. He makes guys better. Everybody loves that. And, um, you, know, he's, he's, you know, he's got a ton of work to do. Uh, he's going to get a lot, lot better. But, man, he's got a really, really bright future. And he's, he's, he's in the middle of a really terrific year right now um, that we're going to finish off in a special way, yes? Yes. Yes. There we go. Even the great Jimmer Fredette didn't start a single game in his freshman season at BYU. Did you think coming in that um, if things broke right that you could be a starter? Was it important to you? Or how do you kind of view that whole uh, uh, responsibility, if you will, of being a starter? Um. It's different for sure. I mean, as a freshman coming in, especially with the mission factor. So my goal coming in, um, you know, was to compete for that starting position. I think that's what every player should do and tries to do. Um, but my goal in, in the end was to do whatever I could to help the team. And so that's taken different roles throughout the season. Um, but whatever it is that I'm asked, I try and give my best effort in in that direction. And you and Rudy are still kind of a tandem in a way. You play together still at times. And, and Rudy and you have obviously a, a unique perspective on this situation this year. What's it like to be with him and play with him and learn from him? 
Uh, it's really special for me. Um, you know, a lot of guys, um, sometimes they kind of push the younger guys aside, but Rudy has done just the opposite. You know, he's kind of taken me under his wing. He's coached me up. I've He's probably sick of me asking him questions because I'm just constantly trying to pick his brain. He's seen a lot. He's played a lot in some big situations. And so I'm always trying to learn from him. And he never holds anything back. He's always teaching me, helping me, and forcing me to play at my best. And how do you see that dynamic between those two, Coach Pope? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a credit to both guys. Um, you know, the way this season has worked out between those two guys, um, 99 times out of 100, uh, there's some disharmony and some, and some difficult spots on both sides. And these guys have just, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the great things that I see every game. Uh, you know, uh, these guys have their own little deal where when our guys are ready to run out on the court for the last time before the game, uh, Rudy and Dallin are always the last one to leave. And they're walking out of the locker room just sharing notes, like thoughts on, like, how are we going to tell this and what are we going to look for and Rudy's like hey I'm going to watch for this the first couple possession I'll let you know what I'm seeing and it actually is um, it's an incredible tribute to both guys um, and and it's 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 super special very good to know all right stick with us Dallin still on the way we look ahead to a two-game weekend for BYU and it's the return of NerdQuest stay with us Let's on BYU go. basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. It's time for the fun and games portion of tonight's show, and we are playing. Oh, this is new. Whew. Time to get the neurons firing. It is back. <laughs> All right, we are going through the three worlds of nerddom for you, Dallin Hall. Nice. Wait, Dallin doesn't get the glasses? We, so we, we had the glasses last time for, for, for the coach two might have, Coach might have stolen those two to coach steal the glasses. <laughs> so we have, we, we have uh, trivia questions in each round. Uh, the first round, your category is going to be Harry Potter. Okay. How do you feel about that? Pretty uh, good? That's probably my least, I would say, okay. out of the three, I think. Second category, Star Wars. All right. And the third category is Lord of the Rings. Can Sweet. we go Dallin Hall versus the entire audience? Can we do? I bet he. Okay, I bet he wins. We can do I bet that. he wins. We can do that. Okay, we're gonna have the audience just, take take your place, basically. Okay, I like it. There's a lot. Right, of me and the there. audience. Me and the audience. Okay, well, you all get to contribute. <laughs> all right. Uh, our first question comes out of the world of Harry Potter. All right. All right. Uh, the potion named Felix Felicis gives what to those who drink it? It's luck. The answer is good luck. That's amazing. Well done. Very good. <laughs> I know you had it. Yes. 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 I'm going to come back to you. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So for coach and the crowd, I guess the question is, who is Harry's godfather? Okay. We are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and clearly, uh, the phone of friend ends up with Sirius Black. Very good. Uh, question number two for Dallin. Feel free to shout it out for me. Yeah. No, everyone be quiet for Dallin. All right. Uh, who anonymously sends Harry his father's invisibility cloak on Christmas. Oof. Who anonymously sends Harry his father's invisibility that. cloak oh, oh. on Christmas. Should I guess and then phone a friend? Let's just, let's try, what would your guess be? Okay, I'm gonna go with Dumbledore. And that is correct, Albus Dumbledore, oh, yes. <laughs> For Coach Pope and the crowd. Uh, what is the animal symbol of 
Hufflepuff. Jay? That, that'd be one of the wizarding schools. Jay, what yeah. is it? Is it really a badger? <laughs> That's got to be my one. It is, it is the Wisconsin there. badger. Yes, indeed, it is. There it is. I'm playing Jeopardy here. What is a badger? <laughs> Dallin, what is the address of the Dursley family home? Oh, there's no way. Yeah, there is no way on this one. Does anybody else have it? My team over there. Number four, Privet That's Drive, what's she your says. Name? What's your name? Evie, that's really good. Yeah. yeah, Evie. This for Coach Pope and the crowd. Last Harry Potter question. What is the name of the Weasley family home? The Weasley family home. The, 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 our group is great. The Burrow. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's the Not Joe Burrow. There it is. All right. We are moving on to Star Wars. Whew. And I think the music Star Wars is too. my specialty, by the way. Oh. Dallin's in big trouble. So I right get now. the crowd for Star Wars. No, you do not get the crowd for Star Wars. <laughs> Dallin, who was Count Dooku's Padawan before he left the Jedi? Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. I mean, that of course, who doesn't know that? Who doesn't know that? For Coach Pope in the audience, <laughs> which young Jedi Knight becomes Darth Vader? I know that. I know that on my own. It's Anakin. Oh. It is Anakin Skywalker. On, yes, Daddy. let's go. What? Nice, coach. Oh, for Dallin. I'll be impressed. Uh, what <laughs> alien race does Admiral Akbar belong to? Oh my God. Whoa. And we're just like we're just shouting Calamari. stuff out now at this point. So uh, the answer from the crowd you know these was these back row guys. They're, they're just a problem the whole time. Mon way. Calamari. Mon Calamari, of course. Uh, for Coach Pope and the crowd. It's a trap. Uh, again, uh, who is Luke and Leia's mother? Who's Luke and Leia's mother? That would not be right. No. <laughs> it got Luke really confusing just there. Yeah. Padme. Is that true? Padme. Padme. Padme Abadala, of course. Right, yep, yeah, good. Uh, it's Padme. Uh, Dallin, which is the first original theatrical Star Wars movie where Jabba the Hutt is seen? Ooh. Oh. From the original Star Wars Because I know they movies. went back and put him in. Yeah. So, which what's the first original one where Jabba the Hutt is seen? I'm gonna go with number six, Return of the Jedi. That's yes, episode. yes, no hesitation whatsoever. <laughs> episode six, Return of the Jedi. Well done. And for Coach Pope and crowd, what is the name of Yoda's home? Layla. <laughs> it is not Layla. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Dagobah. Dagobah, yes, I got it. That's okay. amazing. We are moving on to Lord of the Rings, my personal Ooh. wheelhouse. Not the case. So, uh, we a team? No, no, this, this is where I, I just kind of walk off the side. Uh, uh, Dallin, uh, what is the name of the mountain where the Master Ring was made? Mount Doom. That is correct, Mount Doom. <laughs> Is that one perfect right now? Are you perfect? Missed one. You missed one. Had help. You got help with Mari. So we're Pope. both perfect right now. Yeah. Right? yeah. In, uh, Coach Pope and, and crowd, uh, in what country was the set of Hobbiton Village taken? You got this one, Coach. Is that true? There we go. New, New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand. Dallin, they name the last war. <laughs> name the last war against the armies of Mordor. Oh, wow. Uh... I see a lot Lord of Lord of the Ring? What else would we say, if not that? 
The last war against the armies Nobody of Mordor. Nobody knows this. Negative. Starts with the last alliance. We stumped of the whole men and elves. Okay. The last alliance of men and elves. And no one knew that, so I feel better Richard about Richard Howard is disgusted with Cougar Nation right now. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Pope and crowd. Uh, Lord of the Rings films are based on a novel written by which author? Ah, J.R.R. Tolkien. Okay, Tolkien. Got J.R.R. Tolkien. We got that. Uh, I Dallin. that one. What is the name of the bridge that Gandalf destroys in the battle with Balrog? Khazad-dûm. Khazad-dûm bridge. Yes. Do you know the only person here that knows the question? Rianne knows the answer to all these questions. She's, we're mic'd up right now. Leanne said, Dallas questions are harder than mine. <laughs> Maybe by design, I don't know. Finally, for Coach Pope and everyone else, what is the title of the second movie in the trilogy? The Two Towers. The Two Towers, absolutely. Confidence. Folks, let's hear it for everybody here that nerded out. That was big time. All right, now we snap back to reality and back to the WCC grind for BYU coach. Uh, games two and three of this three-game homestand this weekend. You've got LMU Thursday, Pacific on Saturday. Thoughts? Yep. Uh, two great teams. You know, we just, we just played the number one ranked team in our conference, undefeated still, unfortunately, and, and now we're playing the hottest team in our conference. Just went on the road to meet the Zags, have won four in a row. Yep. Um, super, super vi uh, physical. One of the most veteran teams in the country. Actually, I think they're number 36 in experience, uh, 36, 37. Cam Shelton looks like an all-conference player. Yeah, Cam Shelton is, is um, playing at an elite, elite level and, and a group that's been together that knows who they are, and, and it's going to be an unbelievable challenge. And so, um, you know, we're going to need everybody on our team and everybody in Cougar Nation, and, 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 and we're going to go fight and see if we can get a great, great return on this deal. Second meeting of the season between you and LMU, and uh, and they look a little different right now. I think yeah. only two of the five starters you saw that night are starting at this yeah. moment. They've changed things around a bit yeah. and gotten results. Yeah, um, and, and I don't know what's going to happen with Murphy Latze. Yeah. He's been out for the last three games, right. but he, 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 was, he was playing great. And, um, the, the, you know, the guys filling his spot have been awesome, too. They're, they're good. And um, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great night Thursday. And then Saturday, Pacific in town. All right, join us next Tuesday for another edition I of... I feel like Pacific feels like they got slighted. Well, Pacific is also great. They're very, very good. <laughs> yes, but you know, it's like first things first mode here. On That's the right. Program. There we go. All right, uh, more of the show next Tuesday, 8.30 Eastern, 6.30 Mountain on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, social media questions for Coach Pope and Dallin Hall, plus some BYU Hoops trivia when BYU basketball with Mark Pope returns on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by... Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. And by Smith's, fresh for everyone. All right. Welcome back to the program. Let's get to some social media Q&A. First question comes in for Coach Pope tonight, and the question is, Coach, what do you do to get the players up after a big game loss? Um, well, I'm really fortunate with this group, with, with the guys I have in this group, because it doesn't take a lot. Like, these guys are really hungry to grow, but that's what we do. We just try and focus on, we just talked about it, on getting constructive as fast as we can, because we have huge goals for the season, and we have huge goals moving forward. And the only way we're going to get there is if we get better. Dallin Hall, next question comes to you. 
What's the most difficult part about playing college basketball right after your mission? Uh, patience, for sure, um, with your body and with your mind and, you know, out there on the court. I think that's been the hardest thing is just getting a little bit better every day. And so that was a big challenge, especially at, right when I got home off the plane. All right, right. Quick Q&A. Thanks, guys. Uh, game day broadcast lineup. Let's get to it now for Thursday and Saturday. Thursday, BYU and LMU. One-hour pregame on both BYU Radio and BYU TV. The game itself on CBS Sports Network and BYU Radio. And then we'll have radio and TV postgame coverage for you on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Saturday versus Pacific. By the way, both games the same time at 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. We have BYU TV and Radio one-hour pregame shows. The game on both the TV and the radio outlets and then postgame as well. So stay with us all night long for both BYU TV and BYU Radio coverage. As we go to the break, this week's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. Dallin Hall currently tied for fifth for most assists per game by a BYU freshman who holds the BYU record, freshman record for assists per game. The answer coming up after this. Stay with us. To this question, Coach Pope had it during the break. 45 years ago, Danny Ainge and a record that still stands. All right, it is back uh, due to popular request. What happened? It is back. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And, you know, everyone loves the Cougar Tales, but Sean Farnham of ESPN really, really loves the Cougar Tales. He gets one every time he comes. It's his Mufasa moment. He just can't get enough of the Cougar Tale. Well, the thing is, he walked out with like 16 of them back. <laughs> <laughs> he speaks highly of the Cougar Tale uh, to people far and wide. In fact, I think his credential last week that Tyson Jacks had made up for him said, uh, Sean Farnham, Cougar Tail Ambassador. There we That's go. what he is. All right, we'll close on that. Folks, have a great week. Thanks for coming. Guys, thank you for everybody here. Thank you. Go